this episode describes some patriotic feelings that I had as we visited Boston as part of our trip to Amsterdam and Paris. I, I need to open this by telling you about my son. I have a wonderful son. He's our third son. And he loves fun. He loves cramming as much experiences and fun into every single moment that he possibly can. And he was the one who planned our trip and, and took care of all the arrangements for our trip to Amsterdam and Paris. And on the way, he lives in Tampa, Florida. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. He arranged that we would meet in Boston. He would fly up from Tampa to Boston. I would fly into Boston and that we arranged it. So we had a six and a half hour layover in Boston before catching our flight to Frankfurt and then to Amsterdam. And true to his nature, and I was so glad he did this, he planned it so that during that six and a half hour layover, we went into Boston. And it was, it was, crowded and it was wonderful and we did it so quickly. But I, I just have to share the feelings that came to me as we were in this city that in so many aspects was the cradle of what became the American democracy and and the people who were there. And and especially I, I, if I'd have planned better, I'd have done last week's episode about Boston because it was the 4th of July, but it's a week later, but I'm still feeling it and I just want to share. So we flew into Boston. Um, we met at a concourse. I unfortunately lost my cane. As I said in an earlier episode, I had blown my knee out about two weeks before the trip. I had bought a cane and I left it in the Boston airport and never found another one uh, on the entire trip. So I'm now without my cane. But we hopped on the, the metro that took us down into downtown Boston. We ate breakfast, had an amazing, wonderful breakfast. Uh, then we went to Boston Square. And at the Boston Square, we saw the cemetery that had the, the remains of John Hancock and Samuel Adams and Paul Revere. And it was this small old cemetery right in the middle of the town. And we went on the Freedom Trail, which is a trail that goes through downtown historic Boston and takes you to various sites as you're going. And we did this short walking tour of the Freedom Trail. And as, as I went through and I saw John Hancock's grave, and I thought about the courage that these men had of John Hancock and Samuel Adams and Paul Revere and all of those who were the people who stood up and said, we've had enough taxation without representation, and, and we're going to change things, and we're going to separate ourselves. The first colony to have done that, we're going to separate ourselves from the British Empire. And the courage that it took for them to do that, and what they put on the line, and, and truly so many of these early patriots, both male and female, gave up so much to be able to take a stand on something that they felt was important. 
We went not to the Old North Church. We went to the South Church. We went to another church. We went to um, the hall, the Granger Hall, where so many discussions occurred. We saw where the Boston Massacre occurred. And, and as we're doing that, it was amazing as I, as I was standing where the Boston Massacre, and literally it's in the middle of the street. You can't stand too long. But we were there. And I thought about what happened there, but it also reminded me of the story from John Adams, not Samuel Adams, but John Adams that I read in the book, John Adams by David McAuliffe. Now it's a thick book, but I would recommend that you connect with that book and read about the story of John Adams, because we, because Thomas Jefferson was his adversary, if you will, and, and Jefferson had a much better public relations machine, and, and Adams was, I, I love the movie 1776, where he's constantly said despised and disliked, and he says it's true. But we don't know, I mean, most people don't know that when the British soldiers fired on and killed the colonists in the Boston Massacre, it was John Adams, who was a patriot to the core, who defended the British soldiers in court. And, and the story that it tells of that in the book, John Adams, and it talks about John Adams and, and part of creating this whole new form of government and the things they had to wrestle with, that the concept of what do you call the president? What do you call the vice president? How does, how does a Senate really work? And, and this distribution of power where there's an executive and there's a legislative and there's a Supreme Court and there's these these differences that these people had to find. And all of that came back to me as I was standing and thinking about John Adams, thinking about Samuel Adams, who just wanted to disappear, but was such a, a patriot and in the background constantly. And, and Paul Revere, who, who, yes, I recognize he was not the only one and he actually got stopped. But Paul Revere and those other writers who put it on the line to ride ahead and warn the countryside that the British were coming to arrest Samuel Adams, to arrest these patriots, and gave them time to get away. Boston is an amazing city when you think about the history and the patriotic power of that city. And, and in addition to that, what a city of education and contributions to the world. Look at all the colleges and universities that are there. Yes, Harvard. We know of Harvard, but there's the MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, one of the premier technology schools that have contributed so much to the space age and to the, the, the modern application of things in the world today. You have Boston College, you have Boston University, you have all these powerful centers of learning and education that have shaped so much of our country. And it's, it's a city that is full of that rich history but it's not, it's so different from Paris. It's so different from even Amsterdam. 
There, there are no palaces, though I'm sure if you went, there are robber baron palaces hidden all around the place. Because let's face it, we had our period where billionaires and multimillionaires were building their own palaces. And I know that's there. But it was a city that is full of humble beginnings. And, and there's much that we can learn by studying that history. I've talked when David McAuliffe passed away. I did an entire episode. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to the work that I did on David McAuliffe and his books that he wrote on Samuel, John Adams, and on Teddy Roosevelt, and on Truman, and on the building of the Brooklyn Bridge and the, the Grand Canal in Panama, and the excursion of Americans to Paris to learn and bring culture to us. All of these things are a rich heritage of a country that sadly is currently being torn apart by differences, by prejudices, by hatred. There, there's so much uncivil discourse that we can learn from these people. Did Sam Adams and Thomas Jefferson get along? No. Was there uncivil discourse for their day? Yes. For our day? They were like lambs. There is so much that we could learn from going back to finding civil ways, even even a Boston Tea Party, which wasn't very civil, but it was done in a way that made a statement, but made sure people didn't get hurt. And we're doing too much where we're hurting one another with verbal, with attitudes, with laws that we're passing, with just our discourse. The concept that I remembered was this concept of e pluribus unum, that we are a country that came from multiple people, multiple types of people. The the Amsterdam immigrants in New Amsterdam, the the pilgrims up in New England, the merchants who came to Virginia, the even the, the, the convicts who came to Georgia and other parts, we came from such a disparate background. And we tried to come together. And in the process of coming together, we hurt each other. Yes, we did. What we did to certain cultures, and, and especially the indigenous cultures, we're still paying a price for. But we can pull this together. That's my hope. That's my dream. That we can become a nation that recognizes and enjoys our disparity while coming together in a unity of purpose, a unity of vision, a unity of freedom. That's my dream. I hope this helps. Thank you for listening. I'm Larry Stevenson, and what are you going to do this week to let your dreams work? To reach the unreachable star.